Hello, this is Nathan Kirk, and I am coming to you today with the first in a series of podcasts on the kingdom of God, which we are calling The Kingdom is Here. Let's see where this goes. One of the reasons I thought and really felt impressed to begin this podcast and start talking on this subject specifically was because of the times that we're in and the times that I think we are also facing. We are in some, I think, very difficult and troubling times as a state, as a nation, as a world, but also that boils down to personally as well. And it can really cause us to begin to lose our heart, to lose our focus and where we place our attention and affections. And when we begin to look around, we see things falling apart, whether it's in our state or our nation or things in the course of this world deteriorating or falling apart. And we can begin to become afraid because we're attached to some of those things that really do cause us to lose our heart. But I want to have you take courage today. Because that is, I think, in direct contradiction to what believers should do. That is to say, losing our heart is what a follower of Christ should not do during these times. But the opposite should take place. We should take heart because we realize that there's something greater that we are attached to that is not impacted or affected by the affairs of this world. One of the things I'm observing specifically in connection and communication with a lot of different people, believers and non-believers alike really, is I think a complete misunderstanding of what it is that the Bible talks about and that a follower of Christ should really be concerned with. Not during these specific times only, but really through all times. So what I want to do is just take a moment and have you take a step back and ask maybe this question of yourself and reflect. If you were to talk to the average, let's say, Christian or person who has an understanding of what Christians believe even, and and you were to ask the question, What's the most talked about subject in the Bible? Or take it a little bit further and maybe ask this question, the ministry of Jesus. Okay, What was it that he really talked about and conveyed? What was his earthly ministry? What was he all about? What was Jesus all about? What's funny is that now we're seeing Christians and non-Christians alike I think more now than ever, taking little snippets of what they want to be the agenda and what they believe that Jesus really meant. And they're they're taking snippets of Scripture and saying that uh, Jesus, by his words in this one verse or even just part of a verse, or by his actions, really did validate what we now believe. Even if they don't believe in God, you'll find people that are quoting Jesus And saying, well, if Jesus said this or if he did this, then therefore my cause and my case is justified and other Christians should really follow suit. Well, we understand that's kind of cherry-picking in many ways. That's 
kind of just taking the things that you want and not dealing with the rest of the message. And there's a reason why we can't just take clips and sound bites from Scripture and apply that to our lives and to this world. The reason is because those things that people are grasping at only seem to capture a very small fraction of the mission and the message of Jesus Christ in the Bible in its entirety. This doesn't just apply to non-believers. It applies to Christians alike. If I were to ask the average Christian believer, maybe if you were to listen to this, perhaps you can begin to reflect on some of those very same questions of what is the most talked about subject in the Bible? Do we, even as Christians, take maybe our favorite notions and ideas that validate ourselves and wherever it is that we're affiliated and really miss the big, the biggest picture in the Bible. The most talked about subject in the New Testament. We're boiling it down a little bit more, what's maybe the, even the most talked about subject in the Gospels? Of course, it does extend into the epistles and, and the rest of the Bible as well. Sometimes we would say, well, if, if we know that we were to distill the Bible down to one or two words, it would go like this. It would go like something like love or, or grace. Or I've even heard it uh, said, um, if you could sum the Bible up in one word, it would be the word submission. If we would talk about any of these as being the most subject, most talked about subjects in the Bible, um, we would maybe think of things like love and grace, or maybe we would think of things like mercy, the mercies of God, or, or provision, how He provides for us and how He blesses us. And it's all about His blessings, and, and really this is just about a, it's a book about the blessings that God wants us to have. Or maybe it would be things like healing, about how he, pro he provides continued health and healing to his people, or self-control and discipline of a believer or a follower of Christ. All of these things are kind of the things that you know, we can touch on and we can say, yeah, I, I can see those themes and those threads in there, but what is it that this book, the Bible, really talks about? Those threads are all in there. Those themes all exist in there. But if you were to simply take a look at the words of Jesus and go back, this goes back all the way to Genesis and throughout the entire book, really. But if you look at the words of Jesus as followers of Christ, like if you were to look throughout all the scriptures and, and search the scriptures, I think that's really what the apostles did. We find in the book of Acts that that's one of the things they concerned themselves with was searching the scriptures. So let's look at this and really find out what's going on here. And if we were to really take the entirety of the scriptures and begin to look at it, especially concerning ourselves with the Gospels and the New Testament, even as it relates to many of the specifics and themes of the Old Testament, if we really look at this all together, there is one thing that consistently comes out. And that is the kingdom of God. All of these other things, the love, the grace, the mercy, the blessings, the provision, the healing, the self-control, the disciplines of the believer, all of these things are found as threads throughout the book. Sure, they're touched on throughout the entire Bible. Yes, absolutely. But the reality is that all of these things come as a result of, 
of the culture and the climate of the kingdom of God. That being said, you cannot take a passage, a verse, or even just a snippet of it and use it to validate anything in your life unless you are following Christ and are a part of his kingdom. That is the subject that Jesus was talking about on a regular basis. If you were to to just saddle up and follow Jesus during his earthly ministry, if you were alive during that time, you were to come across him and some of his teachings, you would find that this is the most common theme that he talked about. No, it's not just a neat thing that he talked about from time to time. It was often, and I would even say primarily, the subject that he talked about was a different kingdom, a different global ruling power. You'll find the word or the term kingdom in 119 verses throughout the Gospels. To give you an idea of what that means, that is the most talked about subject that Jesus mentions in all of the recorded Gospels. It's the kingdom of God. I think that this on its own speaks to us. That when we look at the things he talked about the most, and it doesn't just stop there, but it goes into the book of Acts and flows into the epistles, and you'll find it being revealed in the very last book of our Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You'll find it being revealed about how his kingdom is revealed. And it does come to pass, and his ruling kingdom is unveiled for the world to see, for all creation to see. And if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis, you find that his kingdom is revealed and that we are partakers in it, that we are his image bearers in his kingdom. That's why I think, that's why he made such a big splash and really why he impacted things the way that he did. It was because Jesus wasn't coming and talking only about love and grace and mercy and blessings and healing and provision and disciplines. He wasn't talking about solely all of those things. Those are subjects that you'll find, but quite frankly, those subjects aren't controversial. Those aren't subjects that somebody would look at you and try to take you and kill you over. That's not what he was put to death over. He wasn't put to death over love and mercy. He wasn't put to death for grace or blessings or healings or provision or telling people about a disciplined lifestyle. He wasn't put to death over that. He was persecuted and killed because of the message that threatened the people of the time, a message of a different kingdom that was coming, a separate kingdom where all other kingdoms and kings themselves, people with power and money and influence and authority, that they would have to bow to this king. That is the message. And his kingdom is not that it's just coming. 
It's not that it's simply on its way. His kingdom is here. Yes, the fullness of it is yet to be revealed, absolutely, and we'll touch on this as we continue on in this podcast, but His kingdom, in so many ways, is here. It's already it's here. Of the questions that I would have, and I want to begin to wrap this up here today, but one of the questions that I would pose is, is a reflection to you. What does it look like when God's kingdom arrives? Is it what you see outside in our world? Is it what we see here in our nation in this state? Well, maybe let's boil that down a little bit farther and ask, is it what you see in your life personally? I could probably talk about this and and we'll... We'll talk more on this, of what that's going to look like on a global scale when his kingdom arrives. Yep, we can touch on that, no problem. But I'm not so much interested because I can't impact that. I'm more interested in what I can impact, and and that is, if there's any way to impact what the kingdom of God is, it's to ask the question of what does it look like when it arrives in your life? What does his kingdom look like in your daily life? What does his kingdom look like when you are at work or at school or at play? What does his kingdom look like when you are in your home, maybe if you have a family, or dare I even say, if you're all by yourself, What does his kingdom look like and has it shown up in you? I want to leave you with this thought, and I think it's obviously appropriate to talk about the words of Jesus. That's what we're we're referring to. In Luke 17, 21, Jesus is talking about a subject. Would you believe it? He's talking about the kingdom. And he says these words. He says, Neither will they say, see here or like look here or or look over there like oh the kingdom of god is here or it's over there and that's where it's being revealed he says no 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 they're not going to say that we're not going to be able to say the kingdom is revealed in this national group or this state led group or any legislative body or leader we're not going to say that We're not going to be able to point to specific things and say, well, that's where the kingdom must be. And that's the beauty of it. We're not going to be able to point to a national or world leader and say that their human structure is where the kingdom of God is revealed. Some people will do that, and they'll be wrong in doing that because his kingdom is not in those things. It's not the same as a nation. The kingdom of God... Jesus says in Luke 17, 21, it's not here or there, but the kingdom is within you. That's where his kingdom is. And everywhere you go, you bring that kingdom with you. So join us as we continue in this discussion every week on the kingdom of God. His kingdom is here. 
and let's see where this goes. Amen. God bless you today.